And that promise of God never changing is so good. Uh, Especially at a time like right now, where the world is changing constantly. But it's so good. Um, Welcome again. My name is Jordan, and I'm one of the pastors here. It's great to be here. We're talking on patience this morning. Hey, how about that, hey? And... uh, well, is it, it, we'll get to that. It'll say patience soon or something. It'll say something. Let's just take a moment. And while we wait. Oh, there we go. What do you do in the waiting room of life? I was talking to a few people. Oh, by the way, thank you, everyone. Let's give a round of applause for all the food that was brought from Metro. Fantastic. Um, it looks really great out there. We're going to feed them, hopefully, for almost another year for breakfast, and we'll do it again next year. And uh, thanks to Luke Madden for heading it up this year. It's, uh, it's great that we can be able to do something like that. Um, I told a few people this week that I'm going to be talking on patience, and, and every single one of them laughed at me, and, uh, and I'll tell you why. Because whenever you pray, preach on something, usually something comes up to, uh, to test that, whatever you're going through, you're kind of more aware of that. And I thought, you know, there's something going to happen. You know, my wife and my kids have gone to Ontario for two weeks because of the way that the vacations worked up and they got to go to a cottage um, in Ontario with their, her sister, who she hasn't seen for four and a half years, so it's fantastic. But I'm at home on my own. I had friends over. I'm like, there's going to be some trials and temptations and patients that are tested. But I did pretty good. It was kind of a fun time. I had my friends over. And I thought, well, my friends are going to test my patience, but they were, they were really good. And, um, and, and, then, and then I thought, well, we're going to call this the waiting room called life, just so you know. That's the and then I thought, maybe it's going to be my dog that tests my patience. And I tell you what, first of all, this was, prior to Bonnie Henry's announcement, going to be filled with illustrations about Elfie, my golden retriever, who's five months old, who constantly, constantly tests my patience. It's just such an awful, beautiful dog. You know, one of those things, they're both at the same time, trying to take it for a bike ride this morning. And I'm like, God, I'm trying to, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult, it's painful. Um, but it wasn't that. And then Bonnie Henry announced, and we have our masks on. I thought, well, that's it. We got to be patient. We got to stop. We got to slow down. We got to be like, what's going on? And what it's going to be about today is not about patience, but what you do while you wait. And that is what patience is about, is not being patient, it's about what you do while you wait, and we'll talk about that in a second. When I was in the 2001, 2002 to 2006, I worked at a lumberyard in Calgary, and uh, I worked there with my friend Aaron Bombernard, who is a pastor in, in, uh, in, in Calgary right now. He's a great friend of mine. And uh, he always said, when nothing has happened, when you're bored, when you're waiting for something to happen in the future, as in waiting for the next customer to come, things either get fixed or they get broken. And so in the lumberyard life, things rarely got fixed when we were bored. Things always got broken. We would race forklifts around the yard as fast as we can, and uh, we did pretty good, especially when the snow came, we would make commercials with, uh, with our forklifts, trying to bash through the snow as much as we can. It was very fun. And then we would get bored of that, so we would start racing. We had a golf cart there for people to see around the, uh, 
to see around the lumber yard, and we would start racing the golf cart. We would do time trials, and, and we, we got really bored. And, and actually, I, I broke that golf cart three years running, and I was, <laughs> I was not good at being patient and waiting for the next customer. We would get random tips at that place. I got bowling balls as tips at that place. So then when we were bored, we would go onto the roof of the lumber yard and throw the bowling balls off and see what would break it. Would the, would, would the ground break or the bowling ball break? A lot of stuff got broken while we were bored. And uh, so much so that we got so bored with being bored that driving a go-kart as fast as we can, we take the governor off, open it up as much as we could, um, we would then put blindfolds on the driver and you would have a person on the side and they would guide you through the lumberyard as fast as you can. We did time trials that way. Many, many painful moments were taken. I flipped that golf cart many times. But things get fixed or things get broken while you wait. We all wait. Now... I had, a, Welcome, I had a decision to make. And while I was preparing this sermon, the TV show Community came to mind. And uh, I enjoy this show. And this is just an example of a bit of impatience. So please bear with me while we watch this. Welcome, research assistants. If you turn your attention to the monitor, you will see that our subjects are waiting for the experiment to begin. But... It's actually happening right now. <gasps> you see, the waiting is the experiment. The Duncan principle is simple. Namely, that the more control lost by the ego... Yeah, I'm going to write this down too, actually. That's a good point. The more control lost by the ego, the more gained by the id, resulting in a surprisingly predictable emotional eruption or breaking point. Known to Mar and Pa as a good old-fashioned tantrum. <laughs> Oh, Annie, why don't you uh, go and tell our subjects that we're going to be starting the experiment in five minutes, okay? Mm? And Annie, it's never actually going to start. <laughs> Let's do this. Hi, everyone. Hi, Troy. Hi, Ovid. Hi, Senior Chang. What? Community college Spanish teacher can't use 80 bucks? Well, we're just running a little bit behind, so we'll probably start in about five minutes. No! 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 It's unacceptable, alright? You lie to me! When you say something starts at nine, it starts at New Evan! Houston, we have an idiot. <laughs> Well, there we go. I apologize for that, but this is a long weekend, so I thought we could watch a little something on the TV. So if you say something starts at 9, it starts at Nueve, and we have no ability to wait. And so Senior Chang had no ability to wait for that moment, and that, that experiment goes on, and I'll refer to it back in a little bit. But we are in the waiting room called life. And what do we do while we are in the waiting room called life? The question isn't, are we patient? The question is, what do we do while we wait? As we stand at a Costco line, we stand somewhere waiting to get somewhere. We, we are faced with a bad situation. And often we say, great, this is a great opportunity to show, to grow impatience. You know, when you're standing in line and you're standing at Costco, when you're, when you're oh, I should move that so you guys don't have to look at him doing that. After. When you're, um, 
when you're standing in line, it's an opportunity to show great patience. When you're standing and waiting for something, it's a, we say it's an opportunity to show great patience. But actually, I don't want to think of it that way. It's actually an opportunity to, to, um, to grow in how you go about waiting. Because every single one of us is going to have to be patient. It's an opportunity for us to grow in how we wait. I know it sounds like the same thing. But really, everyone is faced with waiting all the time. Your and my example of how we wait well shows that. So you could be in line at Costco and we kind of give ourselves a false ability to wait because we have our phones, we have our distractions, we have our, our, our things. I actually chose one time to, to take the longest line at Costco. And at Christmas time, when they're the longest lines at Costco, you know how far back the Costco lines go. You might get some garlic bread while you're there or a lasagna. That's how long the lines are. I said, I'm going to see how long I can wait. And I got into the one line on the, uh, on the phone side of Costco. And, uh, and as we were going, I really made the decision. And I think I may have made the decision to not use my phone. I doubt that. That doesn't sound like me at all. But um, I decided to wait. And there was someone, you know how they have like, the, the staff that guide the lines through? They were guiding every single line through except for mine. And it took 45 minutes to an hour to get through that line. And I, it was a really bad day to make that decision to wait as long as I could. But it's how I go about waiting. And if you're waiting properly, there can be a moment where you host the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not saying that it's bad to jump lines. That's not what I'm talking about. But those are the trivial moments of patience that we can press ourselves and test ourselves with. But what we need to do is possibly to slow down and to wait. So what we do while we are waiting. Sorry about that. These are kind of... We have these three things. We have trivial things like the waiting in the line. Those are great experiments that we can say, God, can you be my host in this moment? There are consequential things that, that we really overall have no ability to control. So as we were coming in today, um, we have our masks on, and the beauty of the people that came in and they were just celebrating being here, not thinking about the masks, was a beautiful moment because that's a, a patience in things that we have absolutely no control over. And I thank you for that. But then there's much more serious things, and I'm not saying that things that involve salvation that are really hard to wait for, or things that involve our loved ones that are going through difficult, difficult times that are very difficult to wait for, like the prodigal son, where God is waiting for the son to come home, if you know that story, or if we're waiting for a loved one to go through a process of pain that they need to go through, that patience can be excruciating. How do you wait for them to go through that pain? What we need to do is we need to stop being distracted. We need to stop trying to force our own will, and we just wait patiently in the presence of God. How you wait well is waiting in God's presence. You can practice that at the Costco line, but I'd have no problem if you skip lines trying to get ahead in the game because you have to go somewhere. That's not the point. But the point is, is when you're stuck, when you're stopping, allow that to be a moment where God hosts you, where you host God, and perhaps you find a way to talk to someone else about Jesus, to talk to someone else about something. Use moments that are typically for impatience and place them in God's hands. Second thing, patience is a fruit, not a tree. John 15, 4 to 5 says, Remain in me and I'll remain in you. We know this verse. We view this lots. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. 
Patience is a fruit. It's not the tree. No one here is called to grow impatience. You're only called to be connected to the tree. That fruit is patience. That fruit cannot grow on its own. You take that patience away, it will never grow. That's not what you're called to grow in. That's what maybe you need to grow in. That's not what you're called to grow in. The only thing we're ever called to grow in is Christ. The only thing we're ever called to do is be connected to the tree. And when you're connected to the tree, that tree, Jesus, will take care of all the things that you need. If you're suffering, you know, if you're going through anger, um, if you, you have no peace, all the fruits of the Spirit, it's all about being connected to the tree. So you can take your mind off of being patient. You know, my wife said, George, you're so impatient. Fair enough. I can't fix the impatience. I can only fix that I'm abiding in Christ. So that's what it is. We are not called to grow in patience, but we are called to abide in Christ. Because we need to allow the Spirit to change us. I'm now 42 years old, kind of like midway. And it's been a ride. But you know what? I'm probably 116th. That's a, that's a very conceited number. Let's just use a number like that of where I would like to be. I'm probably like a minuscule amount of how I want to be in life. But I'm going to take my whole life to change. Do you understand what I mean by that? I'm going to take my whole life to get to the place that I want to be. But my personality would like to be able to change you. <laughs> and your personality may want to be able to change me. All I can do is abide in Christ and allow the Spirit to change me. And all I can do for you is me to abide in Christ and allow the Spirit to change you. I have a whole bunch of people that I would love to be able to change. I would love to see them get from this point A to point B. But the only way they're going to change is through the Holy Spirit. The only way they're going to change is through prayer. But them, God changing them, because God won't force himself on. He will just walk with them. So we need to abide in him, and as we abide in him, as we plug into the tree, we will not have the blocked goals that give us the impatience that we so often have. And it's not a bad thing to want to help change the world, to to want everyone to see who Jesus is. But the only way you're going to help people see who Jesus is is if you plug in, you abide in Christ, and they see Christ living in you. And then they're going to see, okay, that's what I want. I cannot tell someone... You can, you can tell someone be used by the Holy Spirit in that moment, but you can't force someone to do something. You have to wait, and you have to love, and you have to pray, and you have to abide. And then they see the change. Your life is going to take forever to change. Our lives are going to take forever to change. We are a part of a long trajectory of the church, and it's taking forever to change. We're just one part of it, but the good part of it is we can be with Christ. See, when I go into prayer so often... I will go into prayer or I'll go into a worship service and, 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 and I have thought, has that affected me? Have I, have I gotten the warm and fuzzies from that moment? But what I might need to start to do is instead of thinking of what the result is in prayer, and if I don't see the result that I want, then I say the prayer's failed. No, if I go into prayer, just allow the prayer to be the beautiful thing. Just allow the worship time to be the beautiful thing. Just allow going to church to be the beautiful thing and allow that to make change. Prayer is the slow process in which patience replaces agitation. 
I'll say it again. Prayer is the slow process in which patience replaces agitation. If I'm only ever going into prayer to get something out of it or to change someone else or to change myself or whatever, what God calls us to do is just to be with Him. And then when you're with Him, He will do the calling. He will let you know exactly what He wants you to do. And then you can be an agent for change. We put the cart before the horse, horse, so I think to myself, I want everyone to go out there and do this and to get Metro food and to bring a backpack. No, 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 no. Just be with Jesus. Take some time to be with Jesus. Be patient with him, and he'll be patient with you. Patience is others-centered living. That's a weird one. Let's see. Romans 15, verse 5 to 7. May God who gives you this patience and encouragement help you live in complete harmony with each other as it is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Then all of you can join together with one voice giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God gives us patience to live in complete harmony with each other. Going back to wanting to change everyone, we can't just want to change everyone. We just need to live in harmony with everyone. We need to live at peace with everyone. Yes, we may have differing opinions on things. Yes, we may have differing thoughts on how this world ought to go. But what is a bigger example of Christ is by just being patient and loving. Because we, we have blocked goals constantly. And what do blocked goals get us? It gets us impatience. When I want something to have happened already, impatience is waiting to see what happens in the future. A blocked goal is impatience. So how we wait in that time changes everything. When we start to focus on ourselves, we become impatient. When we start to focus on us doing the heavy lifting, we become impatient. When we start to focus on what I can do to get this job done is better than what God can do to get the job done, we become impatient. I could go through far too many examples in the Bible and far too many examples in my life of impatience. We'll start at the very beginning, Adam and Eve. Their desire to reach where they wanted to be was because of impatience. And what did impatience get Adam and Eve? Where did it bring all of us? Into a place of separation because we as humans want to have that ability to know exactly what God wants because we're impatient. We want to get to that final goal before it's time. Abraham and Sarai, they wanted to solve the problem for God. God said, I have this. And they're like, no, 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 you don't got this. I'm going to do the heavy lifting for you. I'm going to figure this out for you. Moses, he goes up to the, to the God says, hit the, hit the stone with water. He hit the stones with water. Water comes out. Second time, Moses, God says, go and lift your staff above the stone and water will come out. And he goes to the stone. He's like, well, he said lift the staff, but hitting it worked really good last time. So I'm going to do what I want to do. So he hits the stone again. Water comes out, but there's a consequence. He doesn't see the whole thing through. Moses doesn't get to see the whole thing through because he was impatient. The thing is, which is the most difficult thing for us to fully understand, is that we might not see everything through. 
I might not get to see the revival in the land that I've been praying for my whole life. We might not get to see that, but you'll be part of it as you abide in Christ. You'll be part of it as you wait for Him. Origen, an early Christian scholar, and this kind of goes with COVID a little bit. Not the persecution part. Don't get me wrong on that. I'll read this for you. Origen envisioned the world as a great theater filled with spectators, all of them watching to see how Christians respond to persecution. This is the early church where Christians were persecuted, where Christians were in pain. And there was a theater he envisioned where everyone was watching to see how Christians responded. And the Christians that responded with patience gave the best example of who Jesus is. So as we walk through our time in this pandemic, my request of myself and of you, and I can only change me, is to walk through it in patience. I may not want to wear a mask. I don't, except for today because it's so smoky outside and there's ashes coming into my mouth. I may not want to do that, but as I do, I show a little bit of patience. I show a little bit of Jesus, even though it's difficult. Because in this world, patience is poverty. That's why we have credit cards. That's why we have loans. That's why we do what we do so quickly all the time. Because waiting for something shows that I don't have the ability to get it right now. Waiting for something shows that I can't do it. Waiting for something shows that I'm not powerful enough to make it happen. Space race. There's so many people that are, that all of us are so eager to cause things to happen before their time that we don't want to wait because waiting indicates poverty. Because number four... Patience is pace. Patience is pace. We want fast pace all the time. Move, move, move. Get the answers done as quick as possible. But we have to wait. My dog, Alfie. No one ever told me that gold retrievers don't like to go for walks. No one told me this especially when they're puppies. Eventually they do. But this first six months, this dog does not want to go for walks. I talked to Michelle Collins. She's like, all he wanted was a dog that would walk with you. That's it. That's all I wanted. And this dog will just sit there and pull back and just be like, ah, I want the pace to be here and Elfie is not having it. Even this morning, six months in, come on Elfie. We want the pace to pick up. We want the pace to move. But can I tell you the pace that we need? We need the pace of Jesus. What I want to want is the pace of Jesus. What I want to want is the pace of community. We want a McDonald's drive through just before we have it. And then we think, ugh, that was a bad idea. We want that quick fix. We want to go through quickly. We want the pace of community to be quick. But what we need is the Italian dinner that takes three hours where we celebrate, we drink, we laugh, and we love, and we go home. And we grow in community. 
When I first moved, this is weird. You got, I'm going to tell you something that you'd be like, what? I, when I moved here, this is how much I overthink things. But I, I said, Liz, we're not going to hook up the, because we we're getting the gas hooked up in our house. And I said, we're not going to get gas hooked up for a barbecue. We're not going to get a propane barbecue anymore. I'm going to get charcoal because I want my pace to slow down. That's a bad decision. <laughs> but it was also a very, very good decision. Oh, that turned off. Oh, it's back on. Good. I've got something else to show later on. But I got a charcoal barbecue on purpose because I thought, this is fantastic. I can slowly cook and I can slowly be and I can slowly do life. And my kids, we can start and talk and do all these things. I had all these super righteous reasoning for this. And I've been sitting there the other day. My wife is gone. I'm out of charcoal. And I'm like, I just want a barbecue right now. But I can't. It's going to take me three hours to have a barbecue. But I love the speed of the charcoal. I love the idea of the speed of charcoal barbecue until I want to hurry up and go. But I love it. And I love the taste. Things that are good take a little bit longer. Things that are great take a bit of a piece. So we need the pace of Jesus. We need the pace of community. We need the pace of love. The pace of love is not fast. The pace of love, the pace of caring, the pace of choosing to love is when people are not loving properly, but you choose to love them in the way that God calls us to do, and that is a pace of love. We need the pace of peace. We need the pace of grace. We need to live in the pace of care. We need to live in the pace of mercy. God's pace is a different speed than we're used to completely. And we need to celebrate that and embrace that and bring that into this world and show love and care when we're waiting. You can practice that. Go ahead. Next time you're at line at Savon or Superstore or Costco or wherever you choose to feed your belly, and just try one of those paces, pace of love, pace of community, pace of peace, and practice that with the people around you. Say hello. Get to know them. Build community. Number five. Patience is long obedience in the same direction. Eugene Peterson. You know there's a church in the Middle East that has been praying five times a day for 17 Hundred years, 17 centuries they've been praying, praying, praying. I can't imagine that's a, a place where they're praying around them might have this or have that. I just think they want to be in God's presence for 1,700 years. We are a part of a long story in our faith. Looking outside, seeing the ashes fall and having the pandemic and having all this, it feels a bit end timesy, doesn't it? But I submit to you, we don't know what time is time in God's time. And we could be early church still. And if that strikes a nerve a little bit, it's possibly because we're a bit impatient. It strikes a nerve with me a little bit. But we're part of a long story. Did you know there was a book in 1988? Who knows this book? 88 Reasons Why Jesus is going to come back in 1988. 
Can I tell you there was another book made in 1989? What was the title? 89 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming Back in 1989. It's funny, is what it is. There's no way else to put that, but it's kind of silly. We just got to be patient. We can't control what we can't control. We can't say, God, do it now. Come back now. Come back here. Just wait well. Isaiah 40, 31. There's three things here. We may not be ready for all of them. Those who hope wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Perhaps you're saying right now, and whatever you're waiting for, I'm not ready to soar on wings like eagles. I'm not ready to run and not grow weary. But maybe my prayer is that I just walk and not grow faint. And that's okay. That's what patience is, is saying, God, I'm at this spot. I want to be at this spot. I need you to be with me in this spot. And he's like, let's just walk. Let's just walk through life. Heartache and pain is here, and it's now, and I'm just going to walk with you through life. There's things that we need, the things that we have, we want answers for so, so desperately bad. We just have to walk, and God walks with us. If you want to open your Bible or your phone to Luke 10, 38-42. I'm going to ask you to do that because we're going to listen to a song in a moment here. This is, the, this is a story about Mary and Martha, which we've used. We always look at this. This is a beautiful story. A confusing story at times, but a beautiful story. Luke 10, verse 38. And Jesus and his disciples were on their way. He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself. Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is best, better, and will not be taken from her. Our pace of life wants to do, our pace of life wants to be accomplishing something. But what Jesus calls us to is to stop and to turn our eyes towards him. To stop and let every moment when there is stuff going on around, allow who's the host in that situation, allow Jesus to host us, allow the Spirit to host us. And that will take our minds off of the difficulties that aren't being answered, the prayers that aren't being answered, and just being with him, abiding with him. And that's how you wait well, is by being hosted by Jesus. So we're going to play a song, and I want to take however long this song is to just close our eyes or to read this over, to turn your eyes towards Jesus. Allow this moment to be a moment between you and God. If you have a prayer that you're praying for, if you have a person that you're waiting for to see 
change in their lives, just give this over to God and abide in Him. Because God loves each and every one of us more than we can love each other. I promise you that. He cares for the needs that you have, and just give them to Him, and just be with Him. So let's take a moment. As I listen to that song even now, the line that struck me is the things of earth will go strangely dim. Strangely. Why aren't these affecting me the way they affected me 10 minutes ago? Why are the things that are supposed to bother me strangely absent in your presence? Because Jesus has them. God has them. He cares for them. He walks with them because all we need to do is turn our eyes to Him and He'll walk with us and be with us. I'm going to ask you guys to come up.
as I use that video, at the end of the episode, Abed sat for 26 hours in that waiting room. And actually, the people doing the experiment went crazy, and they ran out of the room because they couldn't handle it anymore. Why are you waiting? Why are you waiting? And Annie went to Abed and said, why did you wait so long? Why did you ruin the experiment? I said, well, Annie, you said that I'm your friend, and you asked me to wait. You said that you're my friend, and you asked me to wait. And that's what Jesus is doing. He's saying, I'm your friend, and I'm asking you to wait. We make this faith so much more complicated than it is. He's our friend, and he's asking us to wait. John 6, I'll end with this, and then we'll worship. John 6, verse 29. Verse 28 and 29. Then they asked him, what, what, what must we do to do the works of, that God requires? And Jesus answered, the work of God is this. The work of God is this. This is our key to life. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. That's it. That's our job, is to believe in the one he has sent. To sit at the feet, turn your eyes to Jesus, and be patient with him. And allow the issues of the world to grow strangely dim in his presence. Let's sing one last song.